Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We are back and this is day three. And what Julie and I are doing is we are presenting to you our 2024 um, real estate market predictions, specifically for residential real estate. And we have discussed so far, yesterday we talked about interest rates, the day before we talked about available inventory, and today we're going to be talking about our predictions with regards to home prices. And remember, our goal for presenting this information to you is to make you knowledgeable because knowledge equals confidence. Ignorance equals fear. That's right. It's time to educate you, motivate you, and of course, get you into action. So this is indeed, as Tim mentioned, part three of our 2024 predictions. We're talking today about home prices. Whether you call that inflation, appreciation, home value, we're going to talk about price. What has happened and what to expect. So home prices percent increase and predictions now, we don't know exactly how much home prices went up in 2023 until all the figures are actually in and usually they've revised that uh, sometime during first quarter. But here's what's being reported so far. You mean they'll revise it sometime during first quarter 2024? That's right. right. That's right. There's the numbers and then there's the real numbers a few weeks later. And remember, today's notes like every day are down below. So all you've got to do is scroll below and also you'll see a link to join Premier Coaching. It is the next natural obvious step for all of you. Join Premier Coaching. The first month is free. Yes, that does include a daily semi-private coaching call. Yes, that does include all of uh, the first level, including our fill-in-the-blank 2024 business business plan. Exactly. Okay. So according to Statista, home prices in the U.S. have risen for 11 consecutive years, not months, but years. That is astonishing. 2021 saw the highest average increase for one year at 18%. Again, that's an average. Freddie Mac reports that in 2023, on average, home prices increased at 3%. But remember, that's year over year. That's just 23 versus 22. Now, according to CoreLogic and Case-Shiller indexes, Home prices in the U.S. increased almost 4% in 2023. Again, those are averages. Now, many of you are going, well, hang on a second. I know where I live, it was way more than 3 or 4%. So, keeping our facts straight, I looked that up. The following cities had year-over-year median home price increases of 10% or more since September of 2022. This is just year-over-year increases. I'm, I'm looking forward to Julie's list. I'm glad to see some of the areas where we own rental prop, uh, properties are on your list. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing to keep in mind. Uh, this is a uh, counterbalance to all the Mickey Mouse you guys have been reading and spreading maybe on your social about prices falling, uh-huh. about values falling, and those of you who think that there's going to be a real estate crash and it's 2007, 2008, 2009 all, uh, all over again, you are completely wrong. I'll challenge all of you yep. to uh, take the time and do the homework. And Julie and I are providing you lots of breadcrumbs. Some ammo. And all of the notes are all the links and all the sources of the information. We're not just pontificating. Mm-hmm. Well, we are pontificating, but we're pontificating with proof. Based on fact, yes. Okay. So again, the thing that's very interesting about this, a couple of things. These stats are uh, the year over year median home price increase of 10% or more. This is just 23 versus 22. So keep in mind, this is on top of all the appreciation slash inflation 
that happened up to 2022. And also okay. keep in mind that nationwide, the average rate of appreciation or inflation, and it's really inflation, but everyone yeah. likes to say appreciation. By the way, uh, side note, notice how the word inflation is going to get washed from the vocabulary of all the political pundits. They're all going to start saying appreciation. We'll yes, just see how far that goes. But because they can't get the appreci- or the, inf- the appreciation rate, they can't get the inflation rate down to you know 2%, they're just going to uh, you know quietly give up on that. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see the new rate of inflation or appreciation every year by 5 or 6%, at least. So expect that the value of real estate will go up by 5 or 6%. Yeah, and we'll all just get used to it. And your commissions, by the way, because they're based on the sale price, will go up by 5 or 6% per year. Go you. Go you, indeed. Okay, so... Check this out. Also, interestingly, only two, I'm only going to give you about uh, eight different, uh, you know, facts here. Only the first two are coastal. So Los Angeles, year over year uh, to now, went up in price by almost 24%. That's in one year. San Diego, 18.2%. Richmond, Virginia, plus 15%. Boston is up 14%. And yes, Columbus, Ohio, up 12%. which is crazy. You know what's really crazy, Julie? When you and I sold real estate in Columbus, Ohio, (laughs) homes barely kept up with inflation. Barely. They would go up by maybe 2% per year. 2% to 3% And now we're talking year over year, 12% appreciation. in one year. Incredible. Okay. Rochester, New York, definitely not coastal, 11.4%. Chicago, freezing and windy, right? Up 10%. Even Indianapolis is up 10%. So uh, it's also interesting that all these towns with 10% or higher year-over-year increase had experienced a leveling off or decrease in the second half of 2022, back when the rate shock was fresh. So for those of you who were watching that and saying, oh, look at these prices falling at the end of 2022, you were temporarily correct. Now here's, again, factor this in. We do know, or at least we're predicting, but I think it's you know, baked in, there are going to be lower interest rates in 2024. That is going to shake free some more inventory, but it's also going to uh, kick a lot Stir of this up demand by a level that we probably not experienced in just since probably 2009. Definitely. So if you think the inflation rate or the appreciation rate in 2023 was fantastic, wait until 2024 on forward. I agree completely. Okay. So median home prices in both LA and San Diego, since those were the two at the top of the list, Increased by 38% and 48% respectively since January of 2020. That's incredible. That's what a good pandemic will get you, right? (laughs) Okay, so also remember when in the beginning of the pandemic where it was going to be the end of the world for real estate? Of course. This is a little bit opposite. No. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So what about places like Columbus, Indianapolis, Richmond, and Rochester? Why are they on the list? Well, the common thread is affordability with each of those towns averaging at about 416,000. That's from the U.S. Census data. Demand there is high and affordability is not crazy or not as crazy. Well, there's another factor too. Even with the higher interest rates, the average rent, having rentals in those markets, the average rent is actually, uh, I think, almost it's still a little bit lower than house payments, but it's close enough. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're in LA or you're in San Diego, you could probably, for the most part, uh, you know, rent for less, less than, your, than your payment. Exactly. That's for sure. That's yep. absolutely true. So, so you might say you would get more house for your rental dollar than you would for your mortgage dollar in those places. Now, discounting things like building equity. Well, the whole housing affordability thing is a misnomer. That's mm-hmm. a little bit of a, a political red herring. Yeah. But the reality of it is the practical way to look at that data is that someone's going and saying to themselves, yeah, interest rates are whatever, but guess what? My rent payment is $2,500 a month that I can buy this house for $2,600 a month. Guess what I'm going to do? Exactly. Well put. 
All right, so will prices keep going up in 2024? If so, by how much? Well, according to both Zillow as well as NAR's economist Lawrence Jung, prices should increase an average of 3 to 4% in 2024. Our predictions? Well, it's not always about the percentage, right? So our predictions are that unlike the crazy pandemic market, which we just illustrated with those facts, where very different regions and cities acted pretty similarly with crazy appreciation, everything getting multiple offers, waived appraisals and inspections, 2024 will see different trends in different places. Real estate prices will be very dependent on local trends versus national ones. And remember, those predictions from Zillow and NAR uh, were predicting a 3 to 4% appreciation rate. That's a nationwide National. appreciation rate in 2024. Whereas this year it was, what'd you say, Julie, five or something? Five. Uh, I think we're settling in around 5%. That, yeah. d- that does not uh, mean, or that uh, you've got to remember that there are going to be the outliers. Julie gave you a list. Right. There are still going to be markets that increase in value by double digits, just like there was this year. Well, and that's, that's part of the prediction is that instead of working in lockstep, like during the pandemic, everything was crazy for everybody all the time. Now we're seeing kind of a decoupling of different cities acting different ways. And that's why your job is to watch your MLS hot sheets every day so you'll detect your own local trends. You'll need to know what's hot and what's not for each buyer, for each seller. Maybe home prices in your town will go up by 10%, but maybe one county away could be stagnant. Your job is to know. The old adage that real estate is like the weather, it's very local, is now true again. It wasn't for a while. Knowledge equals confidence and ignorance equals fear. So be the one with all the knowledge and speak from fact, not speculation. And, you know, at the end of the day, what you're also going to see uh, a lot more new construction coming online. We're expecting that in most major markets that new construction is going to, I think, for the first time in a long time, be a real competitor for a lot of your average sale price homes. Yes. And that's tomorrow's topic, by the way. Uh, But yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really has its fingers in everything. So does this moderation of prices at least in some places, if we're putting it all into one bucket of 5%, does this moderation of prices mean that 2024 will be a buyer's market, a seller's market, or a balanced market? Well, as long as demand is stronger than supply due to low inventory, it will remain a seller's market. Until our inventory increases significantly versus incrementally, it will remain a seller's market though less frenzied than during the pandemic. And so we've studied, you mostly have been studying the number of homes that would actually uh, need to be for sale in order to meet demand. What was that number? Do you remember off the top of your head? It's estimated between a million and a million and a half. Currently, we mean more than... <clears throat> more. Mean, well, can, total total active inventory. Well, so a normal market, so 3.6 million plus 200,000 new construction is what we saw in 2023, right? Yes. Which was the worst real estate market in supposedly something like 40 years. In terms of sales. Right. In terms of sales, correct. And now what, in order for for the market to get back to what would be normal rates considering demand, there could be, it could be probably around, I'm based on what we've been reading around 5 million, maybe five and a half million with new construction. Well, in terms of meeting demand, number of sales, yes, but actual inventory is two different things. So don't mix those. Well, but Uh, also point being is that right now there's no reason to believe that 2024 on forward isn't going to be a very powerful seller's market. For sure. Just less crazy. And so for it, there's no signs that it's going to become a buyer's market. That's prices falling, you know, the rest of it. And there's really no indication there's even going to be a balanced market. So for a balanced market, the inventory, Julie just says, can have to increase by a million and a half nationwide. Two to three times what we have. Exactly. Which you know, honestly, that does not happen overnight. No. As much as the builders are building, it's still not going to happen overnight. 
it will certainly feel more balanced than it was with investors, flippers, and some first-time buyers deciding to stay on the sidelines and wait for more inventory and more favorable rates. That's true. But the expectations of both buyers and sellers will continue to change. That's definitely a prediction for 2024. Well-qualified, motivated buyers are what motivated sellers are looking for. And the meeting of the minds may include things like sellers' concessions, helping buyers buy down interest rates, or even taking a home sale contingency in some cases. The negotiation power will continue to swing a little bit more towards the buyer side of the transaction without swinging the pendulum completely to their side. With a bit more inventory comes more choices, and that includes new construction, as you just said, in some markets. Sellers should think twice before they turn down a full price, all cash or strong financing offer, hoping to get a bidding war next week or next month. That might not happen everywhere anymore. We're hearing a familiar script again. I heard this from two or three coaching clients last week. Usually your first offer is your best offer. Maybe we don't want to reject a full price offer. And statistically, that's true. It you know, is absolutely true. That, that's Even a, many times. Well, there's. I actually read an interesting study, Julie, done recently about auctions, auctioning mm -hmm. whatever it is. It could be an old desk or an old car or you know, sure. whatever. That no reserve auctions typically result in the seller making more than if they put a reserve on it. Isn't that interesting? So, but psychologically, if you're bidding on something in an auction and, and the reserve price, let's say, for example, you're selling your grandma's, you know, uh, what is it, tea set. Let's say a porcelain tea set or something you inherited that you have no use for. And let's say the appraiser said the thing is worth $5,000 and you put a reserve on it of $5,000, you'll get like something like half the number of bidders that will bid on it and it could actually not meet reserve. In other words, it's not sold until it hits five grand. It expired. Or exactly. That's my point. Or it's going to sell for less than if it, you know, you won't get any offers even close. Whereas if you basically had it as a no reserve, then the, you know, the idea that, you know, the psychology, Oh, I can bid on this and I can actually get it. Just, you know, that's going to cause more buyers, more bids. And usually that's it's right. going to go over asking price. And that's the reason that usually your first offer is your best offer. Yes. Yeah, so that's a really good analogy, especially because you know, that bidder, also knows that it's going to sell to somebody. Well, I had, I watched uh, something that somebody sent to me about some competitor in their marketplace who's a buyer's agent and is essentially marketing this video showing the days on the market at, from Zillow of this listing and this listing. And I remember the longest days on the market was like 41 or 43 days. Mm -hmm. And this buyer's agent, who was obviously very inexperienced, I mean, God bless them, but there you go, was trying to market to their potential buyers that, oh, this is a perfect house to go lowball on, or this is a ah. house we can get a deal on. Well, they didn't even bother After probably days. based on 41 days or 43 days in Zillow, you know, that could have very well been in contract or there could have been an offer that fell out on it. You don't know. But the idea that there's going to be low balling and, you know, investor level uh, bidding going on is just not true. There might be some outlier markets, but for the most part in the country, not even close to true. Definitely. And, he, you know, unless there's a real good reason and you can demonstrate that it was just flat out really overpriced, which is pretty unusual, you know, then you should not do that. I was just kind of uh, annoyingly laughing to myself that if I was the seller and I were to Google that agent and find that they were advertising to lowball my property, I probably wouldn't be all that friendly with my counteroffer. No, exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. So agents will have to be more careful about how they price a listing in the first place if they still want it sold quickly and for full price. And you still do have the possibility of selling with multiple offers. You were asking about inventory earlier, and then we'll wrap in a second because we have other uh, shows to work on. Okay, so you were talking about how much more inventory. Well, there's a simple answer to that. For every actual closed house, not the ones that are still in the market or expired or anything else, actual closings, there have been on average a 
three, there have been three competing offers. Oh, fascinating. Okay, so then you draw the conclusion, how much more inventory would we need to be balanced? We would need three times for there to be one buyer for every listing, right? It makes sense. So right now we're at about 560,000 active listings. That takes off the pendings and it doesn't count new construction. So we would need somewhere between a million and a million and a half active listings. Now, the last time we had what everybody's calling a normal market was 2015. That was before the pandemic. That was before craziness happened. Um, We were right around 1.1 actives. Now, you and I both were coaching. Our coaches were coaching in 2015. I can tell you even back then, we still didn't have enough inventory. You remember it hasn't, I mean, it seems like forever to some of these guys that have lived through 2023. Well, when you and I were selling real estate and when we started coaching mm-hmm. in basically, I think 1999 or 2000, we took on yep. our first client. Uh, back then in the country, there mm-hmm. were base, it was nothing like this. It mm-hmm. was completely different. The right. average days in the market was measured in months. It yes. was normal to have and it a was list- normal. Yeah, it was normal. It was normal to have a listing to take four or five months to sell. And that doesn't mean the seller was going to accept a lowball offer. It was just the nature of the market because the amount of homes for sale. That was certainly more of a buyer's market. But even then, you didn't see a lot of lowballing going on. Point is is the market is what the market's going to be for a long period of time. So make sure you have the mental aptitude and the skill set to get through it, and uh, you will absolutely positively survive. Don't take a hackish approach to real estate right now because the buyers and, frankly, the sellers are starting to discern the difference between somebody who's a professional and somebody who's amateurish or, you know, is basically just spreading the same information they could get themselves online. That is where the knowledge equals confidence and ignorance equals fear comes from. So pay attention to the facts and drill down on what it's going to take to make you feel confident. And then what you'll find is a lot of people are going to be attracted to you. Imagine you going to Orange Theory or going to your local gym and you're not, you know, real estating all over people, right? But they know you're a real estate professional. You've let them know you talk about real estate, all the rest of it. But now you are able to share with them actual facts about what's going on in the market, not what they heard on CNN or Fox News or whatever about some sort of doom and gloom, you're going to say, well, you know, that's interesting. Bizarre market in the last 12 months is appreciated by 10%. And then you can say, let's just say it's a new friend of yours. What did you pay for your house? How long ago? Well, I bought it for $300,000, you know, three years ago. Well, based on this market, I got great news for you. You probably have around 50% equity in the house. Did you know that? You know, so if you were to sell your house now, or, you, and then you can spin it into what a... What con- does that do to your plans? Right. Well, that exactly. You guys get it? Yeah. That's where knowledge equals confidence and ignorance equals fear. No more secret agents. No more secret agents. And <laughs> here's the, the last thought that I have moving forward on this is you may be in a town or, you know, a city where maybe you don't see 5% appreciation year over year. Maybe you're at zero or 1%. Maybe prices even slide down by 1%. Bring out these facts. Like, let's say that you live in L.A. You're up 24% in one year. So let's say it depreciates by 2% next year, which is very unlikely. But if it did, you're still massively in the black. And remember, L.A., if you want to talk about, if you're in L.A., L.A. is a massive market. So, yeah, the valley might be different than the coast. Certainly it is. You know, the hills and... You know, around Beverly Hills might be significantly different than you guys get the differences. So know your local markets, which is the second point Julie made with regards to the MLS. So listen, guys, this was our 2024 predictions for uh, home prices. Remember, on Friday, uh, you know, we're going to be doing a summary of our top 10 predictions. What we're doing now is sharing all the data with you that Julie and I gathered over the last really two months. 
uh, when we were formulating our predictions so that you could have that same information so you could be equally as knowledgeable. And we did include links and all the show descriptions and notes are down below. So just scroll down and click and you are there. Uh, and when you're there, make sure you join Premier Coaching You can, or you can just go to premiercoaching.com or click the link below. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Come <laughs>